Hello and welcome to Billiken Battle. I am your host, Carter Chapley, and I'm really excited to have on this episode Jaden Daly of Daily Dose of Hoops. He covers college basketball in New York State area. He's been covering the Iona Gales for 10 years now, so there's no one who really kind of understands the context of this program pre and now in the middle of the Rick Patino era heading into this matchup with the Billikens. It's exciting to be able to get another non-conference game in the books. This game, of course, being allowed to happen because of the cancellation to the Drake game before Christmas break. I think it goes without saying that it takes a lot of work to get these kinds of things organized in a short period of time and a real credit to the Billiken staff for being able to put this together so fast and being able to be so flexible into finding a game. I think it benefits them, absolutely, but being able to get this game done and organized really quickly is important. I know they kicked the tires on a whole bunch of other teams. I know they called Arizona. They said no. I I reported on that Thursday night. I know they called UCF. I know they called Creighton. I think they called USC. So there's lots of different options out there. And it turns out that a close personal relationship between Travis Ford and his former head coach at Kentucky, Rick Pitino, gets it done. And relationships matter and that's why it's important to build relationships in the landscape and Travis has tons of them and ultimately they get a game because of it. So big time mid-major matchup the Iona Gales are ranked number 96 in the Ken Palm heading into this game and they're ranked number 47 in the net so this is a very big game especially as a Q2 win at home though that's the kind of game that you want on your resume. Now let's get to Jaden to give us a rundown on what this team offers, some of the players that they have, and what we might be able to expect from the Iona Gales Saturday night. We're now here joined on Billiken Babble with my new friend Jaden Daly. How are you Jaden? I'm doing good Carter, thank you for having me on. Excellent. Now Jaden, you have covered these Iona Gales for 10 years, you were saying. Uh, tell us about what you do covering the team. Well, yeah, I've covered Iona since 2011, the 11-12 season where the Gales got the at-large into the NCAA tournament. And since then, it's just been one of the more dominant mid-major programs, not just here in New York in the, the tri-state area, but also in the country. And Rick Pitino has not missed a beat taking over a program that Tim Kloos built up to four consecutive MAC championships and a gold standard as one of the top mid-majors in the nation. You look at Iona this season, obviously the big win Thanksgiving night over Alabama stands out. Some big games too against the likes of Liberty, Hofstra, Harvard, Belmont, even though that was a losing effort in Orlando. Iona has proven that it can play with anybody. And what has really stood out to me, Carter, is that each one of their wins has been different. Iona can dominate you. They can lock you down defensively. Second half comebacks. They could grind you out. This is a versatile mid-major team that hasn't even hit its best stride. That's the scary part. This team hasn't even realized its full potential. And here it is standing right now, 3-0 and in MAC play and 11-2 and on the year after win Sunday against Marist. They have been easily the class of the Metro Atlantic. Now, tell us, they've had a lot of boom and bust games, it seems like. They've won a lot of games, beaten some high-end competition. 
But when you look at who they've played, it's been those three teams in, in Orlando in the win over Alabama, Belmont, and Kansas, and then some teams in the higher rankings of the, you know, the national rankings. Tell us what kind of team can we expect to see out of Iona when they come to shape its arena Saturday night? You're going to look at an Iona team that's going to press, that's going to run, a team that utilizes the perimeter and its length. Nelly Jr. Joseph can, can catch the ball in the post and he'll go for almost a double-double. He's one of, already one of the best big men in the MAC, and he's only a sophomore. You have a guard in Tyson Jolly who can play anywhere from up to four different positions on the floor. Elijah Joyner is a point guard who is just as good handling the ball as he is scoring. Iona has pieces that can burn you. Barrett Jean-Louis, if he plays, he didn't play Sunday because he was in COVID protocol as Iona's best defender. So he'll probably be matched up on one of the St. Louis guards. Iona's a deep team. Rick Pitino will go 9-10 deep on his best effort. And that's going to wear St. Louis down. Now, with Rick Pitino being the coach, a historic college basketball coach, and you mentioned their versatility. Is that that coaching coming through? Is this a team that's going to rely on a really solid game plan or they, or can they out-talent you some nights? Absolutely. I think it's a combination of both, to be honest with you, Carter. It's a, a combination of Pitino coaching and having the talent and the horses to compete with anybody. I didn't even mention Dylan Van Eyck, who's a 50 or senior and the last remaining link that this team has to Tim Cluse that can come off the bench and play a stretch four. He could be a pick and pop shooter, a, a real matchup problem when he's going and he's got everything going. Quinn Slazinski, the Louisville transfer, same thing, a six, eight, six, nine, really spot up shooter who can get inside. Iona has pieces to burn you on either side. Having a coach like Patino has only enhanced the development of both the, the veterans and even the owner players. I even left out Ryan Myers, the sophomore point guard, who is one of the better three-point shooters in the league, too. A very deep team. Again, we're here joined by Jaden Daly. Now, if you could say there was one weakness this Iona team has, where might St. Louis try and pick them apart? Well, sometimes Iona ha has a hard time on the glass, especially when going up against a more physical team. I saw that Sunday against Marist, where Marist was undersized. But one thing about that team is, especially when Nelly got into foul trouble, which does happen kind of frequently, and that's a product of the Patino style. Just the physicality renders them foul-prone at times. When Iona has to play small, St. Louis can pound it inside and take advantage and make a living on the boards. If Travis Ford can get his team to embrace the Iona physicality and draw fouls, it'll be a long night for the Gales and another day at the office for the Billikens. This will be Travis Ford's fifth time going up against his former head coach in Rick Pitino. It seems like if you look at the, the larger scale of what the Gales are going through, was last year ahead of schedule when they went to the NCAA tournament? It feels like they surprised some people, and this year was really the year they were supposed to be successful. Absolutely. Pitino said all throughout the season last year that the first season of any program rebuild is going to be difficult. And it wasn't even a rebuild for Iona. It was just a reload because of how good this program was in the Tim Kluse years. What really set Iona back was a 51-day COVID layoff. They went into four different pauses, and two of them, just when you thought they were ready to come back out, they were vi either victims of circumstance or they had more positive tests on their own. And they were set back more by COVID due to anything last season, but got hot at the right time going into the MAC tournament, won four games in five days to win the automatic bid to the NCAA tournament where they gave Alabama a good game before getting revenge this season in November. Iona's definitely has schedule. I thought they would struggle in the non-conference. They exceeded my expectations by leaps and bounds. And the scary part is, 
This team is not even close to what it should be going into February and March. An elite mid-major program, and I'm glad to see that they'll be playing not only this year, but it sounds like next year as well in New Rochelle, perhaps. Jaden, before we go, I wanted to ask you, what do you expect to happen? Do you give a prediction for this, this game this evening? What do you think will happen? Well, not knowing much about St. Louis other than the roster that Travis Ford had going into the year before Javante Perkins tore his ACL and seeing the rankings in Ken Palm in the net, I haven't gotten to watch as much A-10 up here in New York as I normally do. But I do think it'll be a very physical game. I'm thinking high 60s, low 70s. From what I remember about St. Louis, I'm not sure the personnel has altered the system as much for Travis Ford. I do think it'll be a very physical and knockdown drag out game, which plays into Iona's hands having come off of one Sunday against Marist. I think the team that stays out of foul trouble, whomever it may be, comes away victorious. It's going to be a close game, and it's going to be a good mid-major game, which we need more of in this country all across the nation. Absolutely. Jaden, can you tell us where we can find some of your stuff and where we can support you? Absolutely. Follow us on Twitter, Daily Dose of Hoops, D-A-L-Y, like my last name, Dose of Hoops. You punch that into Google, it'll be the first thing you come up. You can look at our website covering basketball in and around New York and New Jersey. Not just the mid-majors, get into the Big East, too. My staff and I, St. John's, Seton Hall, even trips down to Rutgers to one of the better independent sites here in the New York metro area, not to blow my own horn. That has been our new friend, Jaden Daly. Thank you so much, Jaden. Anytime, Carter. Thanks again to Jaden Daly of Daily Dose of Hoops for coming on and talking about the Aona Gales and getting us prepared for what is sure to be an exciting night in Midtown at the Jewel, Chaffetz Arena. And if you're local, you got to get down to see it. It's $20 max to see the game, $5 if you want to get in for super cheap and sit on the upper deck, probably be able to sneak down by halftime, sit a little closer, but you didn't hear that from me. I thought Jaden gave us an excellent preview of what to expect game plan-wise. I think it's interesting to note that it looks like Iona's going to really want to turn this into a rock fight, which I think Billiken teams of old would have really relished in in a different way than this one would. I think the Billikens are kind of looking for a team that they can make uncomfortable with their athleticism and their physicality and also take advantage of on offense to speed things up and make them turn the ball over. So I'm interested to see how that works out. I think on your home court, you should be the one to dictate the pace of play, especially with the fans. You shouldn't let another team come in and decide how fast the game is going to be. You should be able to push that. So I think that's going to play an advantage to the Billikens. I do think one thing that wasn't mentioned enough was just how untested Iona might be. I think they've only played four games against teams in the top 150 of Ken Palm, and otherwise they've beat up on the teams they should. And as the 95th best team in Ken Palm and I think 47th in the net, they have done what they should. They beat the teams they should, and then they beat a team they shouldn't in Alabama. So credit to them. But I'm interested to see that once you get them on a road game in a hostile environment against a really quality, talented Billiken team, what exactly would happen? I mean, you look up and down their Ken Palm, and it's all in the plus 170, low 200 so it, it's hard to know what is true and what is false, but it's important to note that they are going to be the class of the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. So getting a win over them come March Madness and resume building time is going to be important. They're probably going to be one of those teams that is in the tournament come March. And so you missed opportunities against UAB 
and against Belmont, who are probably going to be in similar situations. So this is a good opportunity to build your resume. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to talking to you next time before the Arch Baron Cup on Tuesday as the Billikens head off to Deaton. We'll be having an episode again for you then. And until then, thank you so much. Be good to each other and roll bills.